Oh, hello. Hello, mate. Hello, how are you doing? Hello, Shall we record a new podcast? Yeah, I think it's we should. It's, it's, been a, it's been a while. And last time, all we, all we really did was rant about films. Oh, no, that was me. About, about Suicide Squad, yeah. Oh, I'm glad. I, I did feel purged. Should we dedicate another hour to it? I would think, that make you feel better? I think our listener would love that. Uh, <laughs> no, I feel, I feel good already. I feel good already. I, You're um, Fergus March. That's right. You are Azim Hardy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We do a podcast. Okay. And it's called Boss Mode. And you're in it, listener. Welcome to Boss Mode. Hello. This is your repository of all the opinion you're ever going to need about the stuff. <laughs> you don't even know. need your own opinions now. No, no. Just use ours. We make life very less tiring. <laughs> Much less tiring <laughs> for you. You know how to think about what you like. Because we'll tell you what to like. Yep. And how mm. to like it. Um... We were we usually, as you know, dive into some video game news, but I think today, let's go straight to some videos that we're... <laughs> Actually, yeah, videos. We, we have been playing videos to an extent. Yeah, yeah. Um, in Resident Evil 7. Ooh, yeah. Which we're well into now. It's, yeah. As in, the, it's, it was released like as a recording about a month ago. Hmm. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of build-up. You, did you play Kitchen in the end? I never played Kitchen, no. I mean... I don't know how much you can play. I've had one. I had one go at it on the on the VR PSVR, and it was just two minutes of pretty much sitting in a chair mm. and, and watching stuff and hearing stuff going on around you. Yeah, which was fine. Um, and then beginning hour was good. But the main game, I, I'm really impressed. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty shocked at how good it is and the reception of it, because considering. Considering Resident Evil Six and Resident Evil Five, and like how how much they've shifted direction and kind of course corrected, and obviously it's not the same as like Resident Evil Four, One, Two, Three, it's it's completely different, but it's still Resident Evil, you know. And I'm I'm fascinated by it to be honest. I'd I'd love to let's let's deep let's delve deep into that because I think psychologically speaking, it is incredibly Resident Evil. Mm. There are the aesthetic similarities. The ways in which it is... Well, actually, let's talk about the few... And it is few ways in which it is not like the rest of the canon. The, okay. first, the obvious one being that it's a first-person perspective. Yeah. yeah. Now, that enhances the the, the, the fear aspect. The right? horror and aspect, of, yeah. Absolutely, the horror aspect. Things jumping out at you and and, and, and uh, Mia waving her face <laughs> waving her, her knife right in your face right yeah. at the start of the thing and obviously a first person perspective facilitates VR which obviously you can't have yeah. in a third person that would be terrible yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well it just wouldn't exist um, so that one thing that people say oh it's not Resident Evil because it's first person I think it's an I think after playing that nobody has said that after playing it, nobody has said that. Mm, okay. I think that's something you initially... Because it's the internet, you know. There's always backlash about something. Sure. Um, and I think when people... People just generally don't like change. I was so... Ha- I was actually quite happy when... After, after seeing PT and seeing... Even if they had completely stolen PT and made it Resident Evil, I would have been like, good on you. That, that's just... That's the way you should have... That's what you should be doing right mm. now. Um, Why, as in making a ludicrous kind of really esoteric puzzle game with horror elements, or just as you're talking about, just completely rethinking the format? Yeah, yeah. completely rethinking the format. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was silly, kind of like when PT went down. 
it's it's stupid for not to copy it because it, the, the, just a demo of PT was so successful. Yeah, and it, that was, really it was, was just a demo. It shouldn't have been that flipping corridor. <laughs> yeah, the L-shaped corridor, mm. the Tetris piece. Yeah, that's, that's it. It was a it was a five block Tetris piece that that, that we went around dozens and dozens of times. Mm. But it was successful. You're right because people are crying out for some atmospherics in their horror. Yeah, and uh, Resident Evil has a uh, seven has that in spades. I, I like to think of it as I you know if this is the first part of a new trilogy, I, I, I think it's possible to see Resident Evil as an evolution. Not just of computer games, but they're, they're, you know, there's there's set trilogies. I think one, two, and three is the fixed camera. Mm. Four, five, and six are the crazy action games. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I'm such a hypocrite with this stuff because I will defend. Sorry, I used to defend five and six as being like, you know, they're they're just extensions. They are developments. But now I've played Resident Evil Seven. I mean, I, I like to think they're more like um, spin-offs. Yeah. Okay. Spin-offs yeah, yeah. of yeah, Resident Evil. follow these characters for a bit and see, like, their, their lives happen to intertwine in Resident 6. Well, I mean, is... In quite crazy ways. Yeah, I guess so. But I've heard some... Have, have you heard about what happens at the end? I've heard. Of Resident 7? Yeah. Mm. I, I personally think we've already had... Okay, listeners, we are... Let's say there's kind of five acts to the game. Azim and I both, coincidentally, are near the beginning of the final act. Yeah. Um, and we'll try to be spoiler free. Yeah, considering it's only been out for a month. Yeah, but that's that there is a there is I mean that that thing at the end of the game that we're being all about. Um I think it's quite famous. Yeah. Um let's 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 put a spoiler mark on for the next thirty seconds, all right? Yeah. And you're not gonna just skip it if you don't wanna hear this, but at the end of Resi, yeah, the the soldier that supposedly rescues you or gets you on the heli is called um Redfield, yeah, as in Chris and Claire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's Chris because it's a bloke, unless Claire's <laughs> had some surgery, life life changing <laughs> surgery. Um, and he's completely different. He looks completely different. Well, I don't know. He's just a dark haired meathead, isn't he? Just a white guy with muscles. Well, I mean, well, he didn't even look. He didn't look as big, from what I've seen. Well, okay. He's, he's he, his face is good. So what what I'm wondering is, is are they retconning stuff? Oh, ignoring five and six having existed. Yeah, Mm, they don't need to. I mean, it's it's the last time we saw Chris Redfield, six was set in two thousand. I keep forgetting he was in in six. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's he's one of the three epic story, four epic storylines. Not that I ever played six, to be honest. Did you? I I I mean, I played it for like ten minutes. It's 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 exactly halfway between like some. It's not called a duty. It's 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 it's. Gears of War. Yeah, yeah, that's probably it. Actually, hmm. it's probably it. Probably between Gears of War and, and Resident Evil. Hmm. But those, the, uh, yeah, six. But six is set in two thousand fourteen, I think, hmm. and seven is set in two thousand seventeen yeah. in July two thousand seventeen. So we, you know, there's three years between those two things. Maybe he's lost a bit of muscle mass and <laughs> anyway we'll find out but no, my point was like as soon as you as soon as you find your way into the main house there's a photo of the Arclay Hills the Arclay yeah. Mountains yeah. Um, there's a little thing a little easter egg I'm, I'm a bit of a resi geek yeah. um, and so I did notice that although I can't remember the name of the company now but there's a thing in the cellar of the main house that says this building was constructed by 
and then it's accompanied the names like Oliver and Montague or something and that is the name of the company that built the Arclay Mansion as well mm. um, so there are lots of links there are the aesthetic links as well the herbs yeah and, and this kind of these mini bits of crafting bloody storage space management I mean oh space management I love it I love space management but whenever you have space management in the game I end up doing it like this it's a third of the game for me because I'll just sit there playing playing Tetris oh, I might need this I might need this yeah I might need this yeah 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 so you know I I, I, I spent I, I think I was ready to go into the morgue fight with um, daddy Mr. Baker hmm. um, is his name Jack yeah, yeah. Um, and then I played an extra hour making myself more ready so like you know I went to get the shotgun before facing him down even though yeah. I think the story is kind of leading you not to do that yeah. and used the defence all, all this stuff um, trawled the mansion for, for more kind of tokens and things like that <laughs> bobbleheads the bobbleheads do you know what from what, I, from what I understand New Game Plus is really good if you get to if you get all the bobbleheads okay and you get a sweet sweet weapon okay interesting kind of, I think a circular saw which means you just hold it in front of you and the thing that attacks you just goes zzz, it, cuts, <laughs> it, it cuts itself in half on your weapon um, but yeah uh, I think uh, one criticism the AI is not fantastic which is weird for a a game made up of set pieces yeah and, and, and sometimes you think the AI you think you understand the mechanic of the gameplay like if someone's got their very often an AI can just be a bad guy can just be stood particularly the Baker family are just stood facing a wall sometimes while they're trying to find you yeah and I took that as being a mechanic where oh maybe we can slip past them but no there's always a certain point where they'll just randomly turn around yeah, and look yeah. um, maybe that's the point maybe the randomness is what makes the AI patterns scary but it is a pattern as opposed to a character which is a shame yeah um, but that said there's some incredible tension in those hide and seek bits there um, is there is and, and and I kind of I hate those sections I really I genuinely do hate those sections not because that they're bad it's just because I just don't like that that kind of moment in movies whatever whatever right uh, I just don't like that kind of moment but I but was able to kind time. of like get past it mm. um, because you can you can break it down into game theory you can kind of break it down and like try to take away the the suspense mm. And approach it more tactically, I suppose. Mm. I remember thinking one thing that's helped me. I'm just, I'm, I'm basically trying to psychologise myself here because, like, one of the things I remember telling myself before one of the big boss battles was, just remember, if you die, it doesn't matter. You're not dead in real life. <laughs> you just have another go and learn from the mistake. That is, that is, that is what we do in life. Hopefully, we learn and get better at things. Um, as it happened, that state of mind meant I flipping smashed the bus fight, <laughs> and then I went, oh, "I'm invincible," and then got squashed straight away. But anyway, um, there's there's quite I, I like that. There's quite a few moments where you do feel invincible in that game. After you know getting your hand cut off and stuff, you're mm. like, "Oh my god, I'm like gonna die every second. Mm. But then when you have the shotgun, you're like, "Oh my, oh my so god!" You've got a shotgun. Basically, this is a very different game. Yeah, exactly. And I felt yeah, you get better and better at the game. I think that's why it's. It's good. The, uh, do you know what the other thing I think that makes it really Resident Evil E? I think there's so many. The, the, the criticism that always leveled against that was always leveled against five and six was the number of QTEs in it. 
and in a way there's so there's massive bits of Resident Evil 7 that are basically quick time events that you have a bit more control over than a normal quick time event yeah. so rather than just pressing a button you're still in a very small space with a limited number of things to do and a limited number of options it's just the atmosphere that's that's letting and the pace that let, lets you know it's a a good video game well I don't think QTEs are inherently bad I mean I feel like they can be done well and Resident Evil 7 is an example of them done well mm. and them feeling natural and not not like breaking the wall and you're like oh wait I don't have control anymore mm. I can just sit here mm. the, the, that, that's the pitfall a lot of games fall into mm. um, it just turns into you sit there and you're waiting and you're like okay I can't wait till this QTE is over and I can control again you're so drawn into it mm. That you know, if it's the game, especially if you if you're doing a replay of a game and you um, you can skip mm. cutscenes, yeah, like in Resident Evil Four, it was four, yeah. When you have that really long fight, knife fight with um, it wasn't Wesker? It was a different kind of blonde soldier guy oh. that they only had in four, I think, didn't they? I barely remember four. It's <laughs> um, a good game, man. It's a really good game. Um, played it again recently. The remaster. Somebody's just uh, modded like a high resolution texture pack on for that, and they've kind of recreated bits of it, and it looks amazing. Did you see that there was a there was a high res Resi two, was it remaster clip that that Capcom politely asked the creator to oh, remove? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that um, because the Capcom were like, I mean, Capcom seem to have really dropped the ball with this Resident Evil two remake. Where is it? It was yeah. announced two. A year and a half ago now? Yeah. It was summer 2015. They went, yeah, we're redoing Resi 2. That's right. That's the one everyone wants. And they said, we're building it from this ground, from, from scratch, from yeah. ground up. Um, <clears throat> where is it? And there was a rumour it was going to come out with Resi 7. Where is it? Give us the Resident Evil 2. We like it a lot. But no, 7, seven is amazing. I, I, I'm really happy with it. And, and so, so how much have you actually played in VR? Right. I've got into the main house. Okay. But, uh, sorry, sorry, Azim and I were talking just before we started recording, so we'll fill you in. Uh, I've been playing a lot of PSVR recently mm-hmm. because I've begun to own it <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, a few weeks ago. And um, I'm really impressed with it. it. It doesn't necessarily have the fidelity that the Vive has, but I'm comfortable in it and the stuff it does have, it's great. Um, Arkham VR I'd like to talk about in a, mm-hmm. in, after we've talked about Resi 7 but there's some really really great things about PSVR um, and I'm I'm very disappointed in myself because I do it wasn't the fear funnily enough that made me stop playing the VR version of, of Resident Evil 2 uh, 7 sorry it was the um it was a little bit of the motion sickness. Okay. It's, a, it's a tricky thing yeah. to get used to. And I did start to get used to it. But then given that so much of Resident Evil 7, like how many minutes have you spent running down corridors mm. with no real idea of how close the bad guy is behind you? Like yeah. quite a lot of it. And in VR, that is impossible because you really do want to check behind you. And, and, and um, there's little bits like... The, the first one in the game is when Mia first goes evil you're walking down the cellar steps and she yeah. she throws you back up the steps yeah 
in VR, whenever anything like that happens, where whenever you are thrown bodily around the place, when which you, happens a when lot. You're moved, when you're moved and you don't move, basically. Mm, exactly. Yeah, I exactly. They cut, they cut to black in, the, in, in VR mode. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so in VR mode, Mia grabs you and begins to throw you, and then it literally cuts to black. You get the sound effect of smashing through the door, and then it, it fades back up, quick fade back up to you're on the floor on the landing. That's probably a good good idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they've got other little tricks to, to solving the VR problem, the motion sickness problem, like a click on the right, uh, like a, a, a like a swipe almost either way on the right stick, um, turns you thirty degrees. Okay. So you kind of know how many flicks you need to do to turn. It gives you a little more control, but somehow still makes it feel like a static thing. So if you're trying to turn a corner and you're, you're basically walking forward, you can see the corridor, corridor. To turn 90 degrees, you just go click, 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 and you are turned. And, okay. and, and it makes sense. Um, they really solved it in Arkham VR. Like you are, for, for all of Arkham, you're just stood. Hmm. But you use the back claw to get around. And so it's kind of, it, it alternates between static screen and then suddenly there's kind of rush and you're there in the next position. Okay. Um, which again works, solves the motion sickness problem. Um, likewise, being in cockpits, you know this. Um, and I don't know why cockpits are so important. Because I, I played the demo, just the demo, but the demo is enough, frankly, and it's free, of um, Until Dawn, Rush of Blood. Do you ever play Until Dawn? I've never played it. One. Rush no. of Blood from what I can tell, has literally zero to do with Until Dawn. Maybe. Okay. Um, you're on a carousel of nightmares, basically. That's what it is. Like a ro- you're literally in a roller coaster cart on tracks. It's You're literally on tracks um, shooting uh, things. Um, but because you're not in a cockpit, you don't feel like you're in an enclosed space, Yeah. The mo- the motion in that is quite dizzying and nauseating in a good way not in a motion sickness way in a deliberate kind of how am I not upside down how am I not being flung out of this car how, how come that thing that just swung down didn't, didn't hit me like it's, it's yeah it's fun stuff uh, Resident Evil 7 is the closest I've, I've got to seeing um, I, I think I, the, the shorter answer to the question ultimately is it's fli- it's really scary yeah. in VR. I mean, it does what you dem- it does exactly what we've talked about it doing. Yeah, which is making it so much scarier. Mm-hmm. When Mia is waving a knife in your face, it is it's right in front of you. It's 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 so what? So basically, what I think I'm going to do is finish the game, maybe even have another playthrough because I do love my Resident Evil, and now yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna play it through a few more times, and one of those playthroughs is going to be VR. Okay. But it's not going to be this one. And it's but do you think? Do you think it'd be like? Do you think you would be able to handle it if you had you hadn't played the start and you didn't know what was coming? Well, to be honest, I'm a. It's not that I'm a chicken. I love horror films, and I. It's just that I do get scared by them. Yeah. I'd like the catharsis of getting scared. I like when a horror film finishes and you go, "Yeah, that was wicked." But even Kitchen had me genuinely so tense and scared yeah. um, and that's let, you, you don't have any control you're sat there mm. um, and your hands are tied in front of you in the game um, this has nothing to do with uh, whew, yeah it's um, but even that just the the, the surround the, 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 yeah <laughs> oh, God. 
<laughs> You're having flashbacks, aren't you? Yeah, it was horrible. And the cool thing, the kitchen does tie in to the main game. You couldn't pay me enough to play that in VR. Kitchen? Or Resident, Resident Evil. You should, you should have a go on kitchen. No. It's fine, what's going to no, happen? No. Nothing can hurt you. I can't do it. I can't do it. Not in VR. <laughs> I mean, I'll do it in like non-VR. I don't think now. kitchen has a non-VR mode. Oh, does it? Yeah, because I'm, well, I think Resident Evil Seven. Once you know the mechanics of it, it does get slightly less intense. No, even that's not true, is it? The boss, the boss, the Baker family are amazing. Yeah, amazing. I love the dad. Yeah, you get better at get. Well, the weapons get better at killing the dad. Yeah, yeah. and then Marguerite is just. Ma- she freaks me out. She really freaks me out. Mm. Um, out of all of them, I think Marguerite is the oh, yeah. freakiest one. And and I think she's the best boss battle as well. I think she's like she's. I think she felt the most intense one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I'm I'm intrigued to see where they go with that. I'm intrigued to see how much they link it in. There's there's quite a bit of DLC coming out for it as well, isn't it? Yeah, there? most of it's out. I think there's there's I've got the season pass, and so I've already got. There's more. There's even more coming, isn't there? Yeah, there's a third pack at some point soon. Mm. But they released. I've watched a playthrough of a thing called Ethan Must Die, which is essentially, it's a harder, <clears throat> excuse me, a harder mode than Madhouse, mm. but it's only a short bit of it. Um, it's basically the the, out, the old house, the Marguerite bit. It's basically the, the whole Marguerite bit. Um, no, that's not true. There's some main house stuff in it as well, but basically it's ludicrously difficult. There's traps everywhere. And like some of the crates have, bombs in them so you before you're allowed to slash at a crate to get some items you have to listen first if there's ticking don't go near it you know things like that there's there's uh um gun turrets there's turrets defense turrets around the place um uh trip wires everywhere mm. plus like 10 times more molded attacking you all the time and it finishes with a big boss battle with marguerite where it's a one hit kill oh wow one hit kill so but it had everyone kind of going, well, this is just too hard. It's too hard. But it turns out, it's, it's, it's genius. It turns out you hardly need to use any ammo at all for the entire mode. You kill the molded by luring them into traps mm. that they start to kill you, which is really nice. And it's a slightly different way of doing it. You do have to kind of learn the map, I suppose, first. But it is part of the main game, so you would have played it already. Mm. Um, and then there's a couple of really silly ones. Like you play a game of 21, a card game. Uh, with Jack at one point it's, oh. it's an Edmo called 21 and and there's one called Jack's birthday where it's literally Jack in a little birthday party hat and it's his birthday party like there's some really that's silly stuff that's the DLC that's some <laughs> that's of the, the DLC. DLC you paid for <laughs> that's some of the DLC no but there's also um, there's also uh, you find out the rest of what happened to Clancy Clancy Javis okay yeah I love that name it's not it's not a name it's not a name, Capcom. <laughs> Clancy Javis is not what Americans call themselves. <laughs> oh, Clancy Javis, yeah. I know loads of Clancy Javises. <laughs> they just, they just saw like, look, Clancy Davis. Why don't we just change the letter? Yeah, yeah, it's easy. <laughs> Javis. It's like how, a, if you're just being really lazy. Well, the, uh, uh, originally it was Jancy Davis, <laughs> and they were like, "That sounds silly. That does. Let's sound go silly. with Clancy Javis. Well, it makes much more sense." <laughs> what do you think about the whole VHS mechanic 
I thought it was. I thought it was. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, I, I quite liked it. It's a bit baffling why this guy has a camera just stuck to him. It is stuck to his face, isn't it? Yeah. Because <laughs> he brings stuck his hands his up. Face. And then at some point, the bakers or Mia or Clancy himself transferred it to VHS tapes. Yeah. From GoPro, I presume, to VHS. Yeah. Shitty VHS. Yeah. But I, th- I can see the bakers doing that. I don't really have a problem with that. That's just silly. But I do like there being like mini tutorial levels. Mm. as you go through the game <laughs> like, yeah yeah uh, um this this is how you get through this room and this is how you run away from her yeah the, actually the first time it happened and it showed you where that switch is mm. um spoilers sorry um <laughs> that's an hour into the game i thought i thought that was a really cool way of kind of progressing the story yeah absolutely i really really thought that was a really good little mechanic yeah yeah and introducing marguerite in the second vhs mm. yeah i love that stuff was great and it's really satisfying the keys the doors and the puzzles the shadow puzzles that's just Resident Evil it's massively Resident Evil it's just Resident Evil yeah which was cool I wonder if they're gonna I like that they were able to keep Resident the character you know that that was probably my biggest concern uh, before it came out it's like is it still going to be Resident Evil mm. or is it just something totally new which is fine if it was something totally new that's fine um that they're going in a new direction, but they managed to keep it feeling resonant. Yeah, Evil. I think I think the a big thing that's changed because of improvements is the is the is the squalor. Mm. I think in all Resident Evil games, there's been a lot of squalor. Like Resident, the the Arclay Mansion is not necessarily a well kept place. You can imagine it being a bit scuzzy. Yeah, but there wasn't the fidelity to portray that necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Wrecking City is clearly a, a shell, <laughs> but, but back in the day, I think this is the first time you've been able to. We commented on it when, when we were playing it. The, mm. the level of the detail, yeah, the attention to detail, and all of that attention to detail has gone into creating realistic squalor, yeah, and guts. And, ugh, to be fair, it wasn't it wasn't that bad back in the day because um, because they didn't. Used to, they didn't create 3D models for the background or anything. It was oh, yeah, just a course, flat image, mm. um, which they kind of just like mapped out. So it's, I, I never thought the original Resident Evils were that bad until like you get to like Code Veronica where they tried to model everything in 3D and mm. it looked weird. Mm, it did. It looked so weird. It was really hard to play. Yeah. <laughs> just even that first bit where you wake up in that prison next to a graveyard for some reason. I, I, just, I don't remember. I just, all I remember is... Um, Claire's red waistcoat. That's all I remember from that game. I remember and, it. and Ada Wong. Ada Wong was in it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, um, yeah. It's because it was the ladies' Resident Evil. <laughs> uh, I remember there was a bit about halfway through where they basically go, okay, from now on, you're only getting liquors. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. That'll make this more fun. Um, Did you play Revelations? Uh, is that the one on the boat? Is yes. it the, shoot, the shooter? The, the, there's one that's yeah. just... Oh, no, I'm thinking of Wrecking City Operations or something. Mm-hmm. Operation Wrecking City, okay. which was literally an on-rails okay. gun trigger. Well, how do you there was a couple rails? of those, actually. Yeah. Um, an on-rail, this on-rail shooter. Is that... Yeah? yeah? Okay. There was a couple of those, actually. Um, I remember playing one on the Wii, which was actually pretty decent. Mm. It was surprisingly decent. I quite enjoyed it. It wasn't Resident Evil, but... You know, it was like a Resident Evil theme park. 
Right. You know, everything was skinned and like right. Resident Evil, but it wasn't Resident Evil. Sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this. Revelations. Yeah, I never got around to playing it. Um, the first one looked pretty decent. Yeah. And then the I second the one first... was all about Joel's ass. Hmm? It was just like the the, the, the section of the, her body they used, because it's third person. Right. The way her butt jiggles in it is very <laughs> like... They they emphasised it. They basically <laughs> emphasised it. Um, oh man, those dirty <laughs> bastards. Yeah. Um, I do like that the female characters in Resident Evil kick ass. Yeah. It's a shame that it, it, my my one criticism of Resident Evil Seven is is the emotional honesty and originality of the main storyline, which is that a bloke hasn't seen his wife for three years, mm. finds her, and in the game hardly reacts at all to her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to finding her, Mia, let's go. Like, what? Not even a. Where have you been? Yeah. What's what? No, no, stop. Stop saying daddy's coming. That's creepy. Just tell me in two sentences what you've been up to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's lots of reveals coming in that last act. But I think that trap sequence, because it was so clean suddenly, it felt so surreal. There's, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of variety in the game as well. It, it goes in some unexpected places. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that there's a properly terrifying game. I haven't felt this scared playing a game since, like, Dead Space 2. This is the last scary game I've played this year. One, one a year. One a year. Yeah. It's only February. That's right. There's not going to be much scary. I, I don't think, like... Breath of the Wild is going to have <laughs> uh, some some terrifying, dark, like cannibalistic family chases, and <laughs> let's hope not. <laughs> I don't think it's going to get very dark at all, is it? That that and Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm very grateful they both look like very bright, sunshiny games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, actually, one of the other games that I haven't bought yet, but I do really want to get around to, it, and I feel like it's been overlooked, is Yakuza Zero. Right, <clears throat> that looks so arcadey to me. Like, it does. It does. Like but it, I mean, it's got okay, amazing cool. reviews. I mean, it's open and world, it's, world as well. Yeah, but I don't think it's as open world as you know GTA, for sure. example. Okay. Um, but those games are always full of character. They're they're always like a good time to play. I don't think I've played a bad Yakuza game. Wow. To be fair, I've only played one Yakuza game, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that was good. And it was a good game. Why is it called Zero? Is it a prequel? I think so. Okay. I think so. I don't know much about the story because I've missed a bunch of them. So, like, I know... I, I think I, I must have played Yakuza 1 or something mm. like that. Okay. Um, and I always used to love those Shenmue kind of games. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Yakuza 0 has kind of been overlooked because it came out this month and nobody's really been talking about it. Oh, right. Um, but I do intend to get that. I, I okay. will play that probably after Horizon Zero Dawn and... Breath of the Wild and exactly. Resident Evil 7 and... <laughs> oh, there's too many things. There's too many things. How are we going to cope with... I think it's the same that what we were talking about before recording again, but that <clears throat> I think the problem with films... Right, let me say, I'm going to start this bit again. There are um, filmmakers making films at the moment who grew up watching the films we love. Or even like like 
and they are replicating a certain feeling that hasn't been around in movies since late eighties, early nineties, uh, and it's really exciting. It's 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 tapping into like the the we the filmmakers are us at the moment. Mm. Video game designers and and storytellers and everything they are us. Yeah, and so of course they're making games for us. And Horizon Horizon Zero Dawn looks awesome. Yeah. But how, how do we cope with so many good games coming out all the time? Are we not going to get fatigued after a while? Or is, are, are, are our standards going to go uh, up? So that to be honest, haven't you been getting excited for games and movies for your whole life? Sure. Though. Yep, I can, so remember, I can remember very clearly the announcement for Back to the Future Part 2. And, and being incredibly excited about that. I like, remember crying for Zelda Ocarina of Time. Right, okay. There you go. Yes, that is actually like here, isn't it? The, yeah, it's, it I is can't. Like a, I, I hope this feeling never goes away. It's it's it's. it's I hate to sound cliche, but it's magical. You know, I like getting magical. I like getting excited for a game. Hopefully, I can stop pre-ordering games because that's bad practice. But sure. I love being excited for a game, and when it comes out, it's good, and I play it, and I love it, and it finishes, mm. and I want something similar. I want more. Yeah. Of it. Okay, yeah. and there is more. There's always going to be more. Yeah, which is really good. I, I don't I, 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 it's about properties for me like Resident Evil is a good property I, I love the seven main games all of them to different extents but I, you know I've, I've spent many hours playing all of them um, <clears throat> but if they were bringing out the Resident Evil game every six months it wouldn't yeah. necessarily be that the quality would drop but I know my interest like, like I was saying earlier on if there's a Star Wars film every year Surely, in ten years' time, I'm going to be less impacted by the announcement of a new Star Wars film. Where for, for me, the last what well, every Star Wars film that's come out in my lifetime has had me giddy with excitement a good mm. year before the film comes out. Mm. Now I I don't have the time for that. That means I'm coming out of a Star Wars film and immediately have to be giddy for the next one, <laughs> which has already happened. I, 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 I would have Rogue One. I was straight away. I was like, oh, the Star Wars Episode Eight title has been announced, mm. Last Jedi, which is the best. Apparently, Star Wars the, title. the German version has leaked that it's uh, talking about a plural. plural so the last Jedi yeah it's a plural <laughs> word it is a plural <laughs> word but who, who, even then who, who therefore if the question was who is the last Jedi and it's now who are the last Jedi who are the last Jedi is it Luke and Snoke is it talking about the like, younger generation are they going to be Kylo and, and Rey are they going to be the last Jedi I don't necessarily. It's such just a cool name for yeah. a film. It's good. It, it, it feels. Cool. It harks back to George Lucas's original like samurai thing. I'm not just saying that because there's a film called The Last Samurai, <laughs> but um, it does have a. It has a really awesome mythical feel about it already, and it's in red letters instead of yellow. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, but quickly before I forget, mm. back to what you were saying. I think it is. I think quality matters a lot. I think. If it came out every six months and it was exceptional quality every single time, I think you'd still get excited for the okay. next one. Because if you think about um, TV shows that come out every year, that's you true. Know, that's um, very true. You get a couple of episodes, but you get excited for it every year. Even though it's coming out every year, you know, because it's going to be slightly different and it's going to be enjoyable. Um, but it all depends on quality and the continuation of a story. Like, not every Walking Dead episode has been a classic. I'm still very excited to find out where that goes. Mm. 
Um, See, uh, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, did he not watch the last? I haven't watched. I've seen. Yeah, I haven't seen. The last one I watched was uh, the the female girl, the female, the girl, the female island, or. Um, hmm? Oh yeah, the like the seafront with all the women running the. Yes. It's only you've only missed like three episodes. Or oh okay. Because there was a production break, and it's just they've only just come yeah, back just now yeah. with two new episodes, and we've watched one of the second half of this series, and it's great. Big, big tonal shift. Rick smiles. Oh, amazing! I might watch it again. Big tonal <laughs> shift. It is not miserable. The gang is back together in a in a quite a surprising way. Like, oh, the gang is back together. Um, okay the first time in what feels like five seasons uh, and Rick's smiling because he's got a plan and it's making him happy oh right it's happened it's happened sorry if my voice has gone weird it's because I kept looking up at the ceiling where there was a spider crawling around and then I noticed it was literally right above my head and now I looked again and it is not there anymore it's which right. means oh, okay cool I assumed it was either in my hair or I'd swallowed it <laughs> don't think grab it <laughs> no it's cool it's not it's you know I'm just as long as it doesn't drop in our water or in our faces that's fine isn't it he can do his thing she sorry um, <laughs> uh, you're right you are right and it's but it's about that that means there has to be a good continu- continu- continuity continuation of the story because that's the real reason I'm excited about a new Star Wars film partly because it's a new Star Wars film but also because we're going to find out stuff and I, is that, I know there's an irony in, in, irony in me saying that because I'm so frustrated with magic mystery box writing. Mm. Like, writing should be about, like, films shouldn't be trailers for the next one. Yeah. Um, they really shouldn't. I mean, earlier I was saying how, how I'm really excited that um, Horizon Zero Dawn, Dawn I've heard, um, is like a very complete story. And that makes me really excited because yeah. you don't always want to be left on a cliffhanger and no, you know true. have to wait another three, four years for the next one. Yeah. Um, sometimes you just want a complete experience. I mean, if there's a next one, great. Like The Last of Us. Right, example. I was just about to say. The Last of Us is great. Thing, We're getting a second it? one. But I, the first one was a, a complete experience. We would have been happy had there not been The Last of Us 2. Like, um, not happier. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's happy. true, that's true. Satisfied. If you don't, what yeah. you don't know doesn't, won't hurt you. Yeah. Um, but I think that, yeah, that's true of a few things recently. I'm impressed that Westworld finished the season. Like, if you were told that there was no more Westworld, you'd be like, okay, yeah, that's that 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 story's wrapped up nicely. Mm, maybe not Westworld. I think Westworld's a great example of that. It's they are clearly going on to a series two. We know that, but. If you were told that they weren't, you'd go, okay, I think all the, all the loose ends are wrapped up, the robots have taken over, um, uh, yeah. the plans the plans happened, and... and I feel like I feel like Stranger Things is a better example. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's good. But that's another example from the last year that's done that. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Um, whereas films are good. Films more than, more than TV shows, that's mental, yeah. are saying, hey, come back to the next one. Um... Which is like it's okay. I just it's nice to have a a complete experience, like you say. Mm. Uh, so you're right. You're right. They can bring them out as as often as they want. Let's talk about other video games. 
You were playing Neo. Yes, I've been playing Neo. Um, It's heavily inspired by Dark Souls. So, Team Ninja, I feel, because they're famous for the Ninja Gaiden series, which has always been hard. I remember playing Ninja Gaiden Black on Xbox. I mean, I played Ninja Gaiden on the the NES as well. Um, But I remember playing it on the Xbox and getting excited to play it um, and not being able to make it past the first boss. Mm. Just period. No matter how much I tried, I could not get past the first boss. And I was like, this is frustratingly hard, but I want to do it. And, but I never did. I ended up giving up. Cause really? I, just, I couldn't get past the first boss. I remember it being a dude on a horse. I might be crazy. Did you just have a bad tactic? Were you trying different things? Or were you doing no, the same it was thing? just crazy hard. It was like, I'd it say was hard not, to dodge. I'd say that's not a good thing. There's a level of yeah. difficulty where a game is like, you've got to have a good learning curve in a game. Harking back to Resident Evil 7, mm. that has a good learning curve. Yeah. That, that entire guest house bit is basically a tutorial. And then you kind of learn things as you go. I think it's quite clever doing that. So you I'm, I'm, I might have just been bad. To be honest, I think that that's very. I think it's most likely that I was just very, very bad at it. Um, but then, but then, and then, kind of the difficult games kind of went away for a bit, and stuff started getting easier and signposty, and you know, oh, you've died. I remember the playing Super Mario Galaxy two. There's one level that I was dying a lot in, and then this little character popped up saying, "Do you want this magic mushroom that takes you to the end of the level?" And I was like, no, no. F off. Yeah, I think that's fair. Don't, don't dangle the carrot of cowardice in front of our face. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then kind of Dark Souls came out of nowhere. Uh, or Demon Souls, sorry. Demon mm. Souls came out of nowhere and blew up in popularity. And then since then we've had Bloodborne, we've had Dark Souls 2. And then it's inspired a whole slew of other games, you know, very, very difficult games. And th- yeah. I feel like it's its own genre now. It's kind of, Oh, yeah. There's, there's, I don't know. Aesthetically, it's it's been very influential. Isn't it? mm, mm. I'd even count like the Order, eighteen eighty six. One of those kind of games, just dark and difficult. Did you mm, ever play that? No, I didn't. I heard it was very, very, very short. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, to be honest, I didn't play it a lot, but yeah, a friend of mine did it and completed it in like two hours, first time. <laughs> That's crazy. It's not okay. Uh, they better charge full price for that. Yeah, they do. I mean, I, I, I don't always say, oh, it needs to be this long as if I've spent this much money mm. on it. But there's a point where it just gets a bit ridiculous. Yeah? Yeah. I, I agree. I think I think, I think think four hours is reasonable for a kind of indie game from stream uh, from Steam or yeah. PSN or something like that. Uh, or the Marketplace, you know. Yeah, like the, Journey. Journey, right. yeah, Journey was very short, but it felt like a complete experience and I didn't pay, you know ridiculous amounts for it. I didn't pay for a full full game and officially uh, our podcast's for fourth best game of 2016 Firewatch was like a maximum of four hours yeah we did everything and yeah beautiful beautiful game. but but no a full price game hmm. actually do you know what Resident Evil 7 might might only be like 11 hours by the end of that but that's fine I think 11 hours yeah. is fine yeah okay I think 11 hours is fine as long as it's, it's got a good meaty campaign and those 11 hours aren't just you know it's not chock full with filler mm. 
You know, that, that mm. would be even ridiculous to have an 11 hour campaign and then, you know, seven hours of filler. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, again, Gears of War wasn't, isn't, hasn't historically been that long. That's true. It's, uh, you, I've been able to do most of the campaigns in seven or eight hours. Oh, yeah. And I've been okay with that. Been okay with that. I did one and two in a weekend with a, playing two player. But yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. 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 But anyway, back to Neo. Yeah. Um, so it is heavily inspired by Dark Souls, but it's by Team Ninja. And from the outset, people were like, this is just Dark Souls, but with like samurai dudes and, and Japan and everything. And they're kind of partly right. <laughs> what Team Ninja have done is have taken that existing formula and added a few things to it. Um, added a slight shift in narrative um, and in tone in general. Um, and kind of made their own game out of it, mm. and it's I'm I'm it, I think it's a good game. I think it's a very good game. So like the the main differences is in combat. So in Dark Souls, I feel like in Dark Souls it's more about what equipment you have and kind of trying to manage that equipment and your your leveling uh, to kind of come up with a good build mm. and be able to. To play the character how you want. Mm. Um, with Neo, there is a lot of that, of course, but then there's additional things you can do. Like one of the things is stances. So yeah, right. In Dark Souls, you just you're just you and you slash mm. and you you know you fight. In in Neo, you can choose one of three stances. You could um, you can go high, which is generally slower but more powerful. You can go mid, which is a nice balance, or you can go low, which is very, um, very quick and, okay. and um, defensive. Right. Okay. Um, uh, and I, I feel like that adds loads to the game because you see your enemy, you see the enemy, and you think, okay, I need to be this kind. And you make your tactical choice. Right. Um, okay, that's nice. And sometimes you need to do that very, very quickly, yeah. or you need need to do it within within the same battle, What's which the is also in that, is it? it's just. Circle, square, and triangle. I think. Oh right. Okay. R one and then circle, square, or triangle. Oh nice. Um, so it's really quick to do that. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, the other cool little mechanic is um, how you manage stamina. In Dark Souls, you swing until you run out of stamina, mm. and then you need to go back and try to sure. recover stamina. In this, um, every time you do an attack, you can press R one as kind of like a reload, and if you time it right, you'll get your stamina stamina back instantly. Wow. Okay. So you, if you time your entire combo you know perfectly you could just keep slashing and not have to stop but of course there is a lot of dodging involved and you can't need to do all that and you know there's there's equipment which is cool (laughs) that sounds like you could get to be pretty badass in the game yeah yeah definitely if you got the hang of the rhythms of it and 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 that so did you get that did you feel like you got that far with it no no um i feel like i'm getting there It's, it's it's the stances like sometimes I don't know which stance to use, and I end up sticking with one stance for ages. And you know, sometimes I, I meet an enemy, a new enemy type, and mm. um, I don't know which stance to use. And I, I'm it literally three hits and I'm dead. Like one combo, I'm dead. Right. Um, and it's frustrating. But I suppose that's what's meant to happen because these games are always supposed to be kind of like a learning curve. Mm. You're supposed to die, learn from your mistake, and then go and and do it and sure. keep trying keep trying mm. um, and it, it, is that process fun? 
Yeah, yeah. Because it sounds. I, I, I find this. I find this more enjoyable than Dark Souls. Okay. Um, because as I said, the narrative tone is is a bit lighter. I would say, not much lighter. There's still death and decay and all that sure. kind of stuff. But Dark Souls was bordering on depressing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> to be honest. There's there's some there's some bleak landscapes in those in those games. Yeah, bleak but beautiful. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like looking at too much HH Giga designs. You know, after a while, you, I get what you're doing. HH is very beautiful, but you are driving me insane. Did you Did you ever try Bloodborne? No, I saw. I, I never played it myself. I saw it. Okay. I saw the trailer and I saw a friend of mine playing it. I think. It, it, to be honest, I'm not. I'm. I'm not a fan of those kind of games. Hack and slash. Like the only sword game I really like is Skyrim. Like mm-hmm. I'm not. I much prefer shooters. Okay. Ranged ranged weapons generally. Speaking of sword games, this is another game I've been playing, which just came out recently. Um, is For Honor. Really, you've been playing it. How is it? Uh, it's alright yeah you're right <laughs> it's alright um, so I didn't actually buy it I, I was part of the open beta okay um, and it was cool initially I was because I, I was always curious about it I was like this sounds like a lot of fun so I played a bit of it and the combat is alright um, but it feels as though they were trying to make a different game and then they ended up with this one. Right. Uh, I feel like there was a shift in it. That's because one of the, cause the main mode of it, uh, I can't remember the name of it. I want to call it Domination, but I don't think it's Domination. Uh, but the main mode of it is kind of confused. Like, uh, So it's set out like a MOBA. Like you have your various points you need to capture. Um, and then you've got kind of minions running controlled by AI against each other smashing against okay. each other and those those guys will eventually go and capture one of the points or something like that they never do because they can never get out of the middle because right. um, they're just fighting each other uh, but you can go and kill them and gain experience and okay. all that kind of stuff but the main fights are between you and other players but the problem is other real players AI. other real players right, yeah okay. other real players the problem is more often than not, you're either three on one or one on three. Right. And it gets really, really frustrating. Because yeah. in a lot of cases, there's no way to to kind of take that on. Yeah. You know, they, they, they just end up smashing you. Completely, completely smashing you. Mm. There is another mode uh, in the full release, which is a, a kind of a bit more one-on-one-ish. Okay. Um, so that might be good. But the combat system is quite unique and it's quite enjoyable. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's a gorgeous game. But, I don't know, all Ubisoft games have not been able to keep my interest. Yeah, I know you've... Well, they, they should start releasing less than... fewer than 10 games a year, frankly. Yeah. Like, uh, but... Uh, bar Stick of Truth. Oh, yeah. Of course, that was you. They do so much. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But for some reason, they all feel like feel like they're the same game. Sorry, that spider's back. (laughs) Just let you know. Um, Dude, I'll put it outside. Honestly. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) 
So much Resident Evil, I know that I know that bastard's gonna grow like twenty times the size in a second now. With a little human face on it. Um, so do you think <laughs> we're going, are you gonna go back to Neo after you play the rest of Resident Evil Seven, Breath of the Wild, and uh, and Horizon Zero Dawn? I think Horizon Zero Dawn and Zelda. Ooh, Horizon Zero Dawn is going to take priority, probably. Okay. And then. I'm surprised that you say that. Is that because you want to savor Zelda? I, I I'm actually genuinely more excited about Horizon Zero okay, Dawn. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because. Because uh, I feel like the last game I played from start to finish. Um, was Uncharted Four. I just sat there and played it. Yeah. Um, and Horizon Zero Dawn evokes the same kind of feeling in me. Mm. I think I need one of those before before I go into anything else. Have you seen the map size? No. I'm not sure that the idea of sitting down and playing Horizon Zero Dawn from start to finish is going to work out. It's a massively open world. I think it's, from what I've seen, enormous. It is. There was a kind of they did a map reveal. Who's the developer? Gorilla. Yeah, they did a someone from Gorilla did a a map reveal mm. video, and it was kind of like it showed you an area that they well, I, that I compared to the size of all three islands in Arkham Knight or something like that. So so quite big, but limited in terms of the amount you can move around them. With like kind of lots of valleys and mountains. So yeah, you know. Um, and then the, they did that thing. The camera kind of pulled back. To reveal the, the the size of the space, and I thought, yeah, that's that's quite a big space that looked to be about the size of Fallout Four. Okay. And then they pulled the camera back again. Oh. Yeah, to reveal that that first bit was about. It's like an annex. It's like a little. It's about one sixth of the overall map. The thing looks blimmin' huge. But I hope it's not just empty. I don't think it is. I, well, I think I've seen a few more gameplay videos than you. I've, I've seen one where you, you come across a little herd of little robot beasties that look, they're basically like deer. Yeah. But they have power cells on their back. Yeah. And that's the thing you're trying to harvest. So you need, as many, you need to get as many of these animals, you need to hunt and kill as many of these animals as possible. And I've seen people literally run in and start shooting. But I've also seen someone like use very specific parts I think it's probably Gorilla again actually it was a Gorilla there video but um he, he put it like <laughs> you're talking about a Gorilla oh no it was, it was a Gorilla <laughs> playing the game um he put a little a tripwire between two like the whole thing you realised when you watched the developer play it that the landscape had been very specifically crafted to allow you to try out different strategies okay and so while you might see a thing like that it's it while it might seem like an area is empty except for a few AI in it mm. actually I think it's I think they've gone to some trouble with the detail and and who knows like I, I have so much faith in these things that, that you know when I see a trailer for it and just see the open world and the countryside I wouldn't be surprised if there's a whole part of it that is a city on a tangential thought this has made me want to get a PS4 Pro oh, okay really how come just because I've heard that it runs very, very, very well at 4K. Right. Um, and it's really tempting to just go out and... But are you going to get a Switch as well? Uh, I'm not planning to get a Switch, no. Okay. Um, 
because Zelda's coming out on the Wii U and the Switch isn't going to be that much graphically better or anything like that I'm like well, I'll just get it on the Wii U and then wait until the Switch has well wait until I know the Switch has something worth buying it for mm. basically mm. although I'm I'm very very I love Mario games mm. right so when that comes out I might get one then yeah but at the moment no, I have no plans of buying a Switch no. okay. and I had no plans of buying a PS4 Pro either right. um but seeing this in 4K because it looks absolutely gorgeous. It does. It really does. Looks it's amazing. And, and and on top of that, whenever I play my PS4, it's it's going. <laughs> really? Oh my gosh! You got one of the. They had that same problem with the PS3, didn't they? Like they started selling silent PS3s. Yeah. And my PS4s. Was... Fine. <laughs> um, is there any? I mean, do you know what? The next edition of this podcast is going to be off the chain. For show, <laughs> for show, for sure. Because we, uh, we're going to be talking about some uh, some pretty cool stuff. Is there like. any other games? That's it for your games. Not that I'm playing at the moment. No, I mean you know VR stuff, but there's not there's nothing really new to say about that stuff that's not been said many times before. Um, uh, the 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 the, uh, the next edition of this podcast is going to call, be called um, Breath of the Podcast. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Not Horizon Podcast Dawn. <laughs> Horizon Podcast Wild. Everyone Deal? will get that. Yep, sure. Look out for it, <laughs> listeners. Check your iTunes. Um, subscribe and have a notification and you will get it. Horizon Podcast Wild. <laughs> that should be the new name of the podcast. Yeah. So movies, have you seen? I've seen Any? a couple of good movies recently. Two very, very different movies. Um... I saw I, Daniel Blake, which is a, a really grim movie about a guy who's had a heart attack, wants to get back to work, but governmental, administrative bureaucracy and heartlessness both prevents him from going back to work. Because the doctor said, well, you can't go back to work. Mm. You, you'll, you'll have another heart attack. You, can't, you need this, this many weeks off but he's desperate to get back to work but at the same time he can't pick up any um, any recompense any, any kind of social uh, security for it um, because he doesn't even though he's had a heart attack there's like a checklist of symptoms and you need to have 12 out of 15 points before you're eligible for this particular type of social security and it's based on true things happening it's very bleak it looks awful like it doesn't it, sorry it does not look in any way Hollywood it's very plain it's very English looking it's mm. set in uh, Newcastle uh, biker around there and, and it's um, biker yeah yeah. it's all those accents apart from one lady who's been forced to move up there because this thing she can't find a place to live or the, the housing association's found her a place to live it's, it's, it's all really bleak um, there's a really distressing scene in the food bank um, and yeah, just just bad things happen to these people because of unfortunate circumstances, combined with the fact that the the Tory government, or I suppose loads of governments in the UK and around the world, treat its citizens like scum, um, and 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 is set up to to benefit the rich and to to make the poor even worse off. That's the message of the film. Now, everything I've just said could sound like a really negative thing. It's really warm. 
it's really funny it's beautifully acted it's it's a it's a really good film and for something that I expected to feel like hours long went by in a flash mm. you do feel a lot of frustration it, it does make you angry you come out of the film going this is not an okay situation which was the point of it and if it drives people to activism that's great but even beyond just not beyond that just the, the film on its own is is really good and I'd recommend it I, Daniel Blake and it's all like the guy playing Daniel Blake in it um, he's a stand up Dave Johns who hasn't done a huge amount of acting he's just a lovely guy and that comes across in, I'd, I'd worked with him like 10 years ago um, but that comes across in his character and I'd recommend it really highly okay not as highly as the other film I saw though which was Lego Batman oh yeah at, at, at a similar end of the spectrum cinematically <laughs> I Daniel Blake it's, it's a political film it's very melancholy no it's incredible <laughs> It's it's an explosion of colour. For, for, for <clears throat> they are faithful to the joke they set up about Lego Batman in the Lego movie, which is that he loves black. Mm. But it is not a dark movie aesthetically yeah. or, or tonally. <laughs> like yeah. it's it's a massive explosion of rainbow jokes and pace. That is that is all it is, and all that really needs to be said about it. I was breathless with laughter throughout the thing, and I think I caught about. I think probably around 40 to 50% of the visual and script gags in it. Mm. Like, there's, it's so dense with gags. Whenever action scenes started, I thought, okay, this will be a respite from from the laughter. No, yeah. more jokes come during the action scenes. So many references. Um, and the idea that it's, it's the best Batman film that's ever been made, <clears throat> I don't, well, I don't agree with that because I, I love... I love Nolan's films too much. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I can see why people would have said that. Because clearly whoever made Lego Batman both understands both how serious and amazing and mythological the Gotham Batman universe is, yeah. but also at the same time how ridiculous it can be. And they managed really to tread the line there they balance it between like this it's it's just preposterous but at the same time you're kind of rooting for him it's still batman yeah it is batman it does tie in with the lego movie in a way <clears throat> it's the uh, same it's the same batman it is but that's not necessarily it doesn't necessarily make it the same universe okay as in because you know, it's still the same if the lego movie spoilers if you haven't seen the lego movie but but come on it's been out two yeah. years see it see it it's really good um, the twist in Lego Movie is that it's it's set in the real world and it's a kid playing with his toys, his dad's toys actually. Yeah. Um, the, the my fan theory of the Lego Batman movie, and I think it's it's not explicit in the film, but I think you can surmise it, is that it is a different kid playing with a different set of toys, okay. and this kid is obsessed with Batman. So there's still Lego Movie style things like the city of Gotham. Is, is is suspended above a chasm of nothing I describe it as you know okay. so like you can see that in the real world being like a tabletop thing or something like he's just made yeah. a, you know it's just a toy um, and it behaves in that same way and it is Lego whenever they do close ups you see the texture of Lego pieces yeah I love that stuff um, and, 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 and yeah they do that really well the cast is amazing um, the only letdown in the cast actually 
is Zach Galifianakis. I'm sorry. I love my Jokers. Who does he play? The Joker. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, Will Arnett as Batman, obviously amazing yeah. and a, a gifted comedian. Definitely. Gifted with an incredible voice. Like, he should... If they can... If he can be the voice of live-action Batman, I'd be really happy. <laughs> um, you might need to bulk up to play him. Um, but there's Michael Cera as Robin, who's like the, the, the voice of positivity throughout it. Uh, Rosario Dawson as Barbara Gordon. Uh, she's having so much fun at the minute, turning up in all the New York uh, Marvel TV yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. Plus Lego Batman yeah. as like the female lead in it. Mariah Carey is also someone who's having a lot of fun at the moment. I don't know if you know okay, this. Okay, no. <laughs> I've just, I just spotted it because, do you know what? When we finished watching Lego Batman at the cinema, we came home and then watched uh, Popstar, Never Stop Never Stopping. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's really good, isn't it? It's really good. You know Mariah Carey's little cameo in that? Okay, yeah. Yeah. She does. A, she plays the mayor of Gotham. Okay. In Lego Batman. She's really funny in it. It's nice. I, I always assumed she was, you know, that diva personality would not lend itself to having a piss taken out, or her taking a piss out of herself. But apparently she's up for it. Okay. Maybe she's mellowed. Um, but yeah, she's, she's, she's great as the mayor. Uh, Doug Benson as Bane is really fun. We will be the Joker's reckoning. It's like a, it's one of those classic bad Bane impressions. And here's a game for listeners. Um, it's really fun to do a Bane impression into a cup, but do quotes from other movies. Okay. Show me. You built a time machine out of a DeLorean? That's not bad, actually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tom Hardy's spinning in his grave. Um, even dear. Oh, uh, we could talk about it later. But that's very relevant because I've been watching Taboo as well. I, there's been a bit of a backlash against t- a Taboo, hasn't there? More incoherent mumbling from, from telly. Why can't people just speak properly on telly? I don't understand what they're saying. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't see that. It but it's weird because, because I, I, I watched Taboo right after watching him in um, Peaky some, Blinders. Some, oh, okay. Uh, in Peaky Blinders. And he's got like a very heavy accent in that as well, yeah. but he's he's perfectly. No, he's not actually. Can, do you think he can actually talk? <laughs> do you know what thinking? Yes, he can. Inception. Yes, I watched Inception the other day as well. Think big, darling. You can see he speaks very well in that, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if "think big, darling" is the exact line, <laughs> but he says something like it. This uh, is a paraphrase. Um, but no, right, Mad Max Fury Road, he managed to <laughs> remove all treble from his voice. So it's literally like you're listening to someone's voice coming from next door. That's all I heard of Mad Max, basically. Maybe, I don't think he even had lines in that movie. <laughs> he just, he just goes, Actually, he was kind of like, do you remember the, the film Pitch Black, Vin Diesel? Yeah. Vin, Vin had a similar thing like he, his his narration started that film and it took me like five viewings before I could work out what he was saying which it turned out was <laughs> the opening of Pitch Black is um, they say that when you go into stasis uh, everything but the animal side of you goes to sleep I guess that's why I couldn't sleep a wink the implication being he's all animal but all I heard was <laughs> Man, Pitch Black was it was such a good 
start. I love I love it could films. Have been so beautiful. Forgetting forgetting about Riddick, I love films that 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 keep twisting where they're going. Martyrs did this, which I don't recommend. You should watch because it's an incredibly terrifying and disturbing movie. Okay. But it is one that, like, every ten minutes, it's, it makes you go, oh, okay, I think I know what this film's about now. Oh, no, I don't. Something crazy has just happened. Yeah. And, um... I wish Pitch Black... Pitch Black, on paper, was that, but the trailer gave away everything. The trailer gave away that there was a double solar eclipse, and that's when the... I don't know if... Uh, listeners, the, the, the story of Pitch Black is some people crash land on a planet where there's two suns, and they find a race of crazy alien killer bats that live underground, but which will only come out in darkness. So they go, oh, cool, that's fine, because there's two suns, when, the, when is there ever going to be an eclipse? But it happens that they've crashed their spaceship on the planet on the one day every hundred years where there is a double eclipse, and so the bats come out. So it's like this crazy bit of bad luck that, that is, uh, in, in writing terms, pretty unforgivable. <laughs> like yeah. oh what a coincidence um, but as, as a film that keeps going oh so they crash landed oh they found some bad guys oh but the bad guys can't come out oh but they will come out and it's kind of building up nicely to that I think it was quite successful and Vin Diesel was amazing then yeah and look at now Return but even, even, even Chronicles of Riddick I quite like the first one mm. I felt like wow this is totally not where I was expecting this this series to go this is really cool. And then Riddick came out and I was like, nah. Mm, yeah, it's a shame. I think Vin Diesel is, is, he's so, so desperate to have a franchise to himself. Mm. Like, it's really, it, the Fast and the Furious films are good. They're ludicrous now. They've, mm. they've, they've, they've changed into superhero films mm. with comedy and no semblance of reality whatsoever. Yeah. But I don't think that's satisfactory for Vin. I think he wants his own solo thing, which is why he's come back to Triple X. The Return of Xander Cage, mm. in which there's a sex scene where he has sex with eleven women at the same time. Really, it's a very progressive movie. I think. <laughs> um. I feel like he's just trying to cash in because he senses that he he's he's, he's slowly losing the big, muscly, tough guy. But he's never been of. like Xander Cage is like an extreme sports character. Like yeah. he cut. Vin Diesel can't snowboard. And eventually snowboard. his chin is going to actually slowly descend into his neck. Until he has no neck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. or chin. Like his, yeah. his, his mouth is going to be, be on a thumb. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. His mouth is going to be the top of his chest. That's where you'll know his head starts. Yeah. But he, um, he's tried so many times. That last witch hunter. Yeah. That was supposed to be a franchise for him. Yeah, that wasn't... I can't remember. <laughs> I think either you were in a very good mood when you saw it, or Maybe. your standards are very low, because that is Maybe. not a good movie. <laughs> Maybe. I, I, I don't know. I just I just like the, the fact that he he's very into D&D, and that was yeah. inspired by D&D. Yeah. He um, went, I love D&D, and I want to do a film with Michael Caine. And that's it. Like, And he did it. So, you know, good on him. And he was like immortal... Speaking of Immortal... Oh, yeah. <laughs> John Wick 2 with Keanu oh, Reeves. Clip. I've got a little confession to make. Okay. I watched, re-watched John Wick yeah. 1 the other day. And the first 10 minutes had me in tears. I was genuinely... that that. The wife dying is, is bad. Yeah. The dog dying is so upsetting. If I was John Wick, I'd be like, yeah... Without the training, I still would have gone and bought a gun and said, you do not 
You do not do that. You know what? The thing that makes it sadder is that, you know, how, how it kind of relates to Kennery's, you know, real life and stuff. Um, so when he is thinking about, when he's looking at a picture of his wife or anything like that in the movie, it makes me think about his situation as well. What's that? I don't know about this. Um, his wife died in a car crash, I think. Oh, no, I didn't know that. No, no she miscarried first. Oh. And then she died in a car, cra- car crash. Um, That's awful. And it was really, really brutal. Um, and uh, this was quite a while ago now. Um, and yeah, it just sucks for him. You know? I'm surprised that that he, he allowed... That part, I mean, that might have been really damaging to act that yeah. sequence of events out again. Yeah. Like, I suppose he does have the catharsis of killing lots and lots of people afterwards. Yeah. Um, and Chapter Two is supposed to be incredible. Chapter Two is it's it's is more John Wick, but it, I felt like there was more exposition in this one. Okay. Like, it felt like John Wick One was just action, 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 action. Mm. Um, this one. Rightfully so, t- tried to flesh out a bit of story, because okay. uh, because they're definitely setting up for a third one. Um, I quite liked the world building, the world that they're creating in John Wick One, and seem to be expanding on in John Wick Two. Um, the fact that it's called Chapter Two as well is quite fun. Yeah, but what I, I I think for me, Keanu gets a pass now for the rest of his life because yeah. this is the fourth great action hero. That he has played. Yeah. That's impressive for any that character. That is really, really good. No, I can't think of another character that's had four... Sorry, another actor that you can genuinely just go... And I'm not even including Ted from Bill and Ted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in terms of memorable, epic action characters. So list them out for me. In order of release, uh, Johnny Thingy. Johnny Zero? What's his name in uh, Point Break? He's called someone like Johnny Zero. Okay. Jack Traven in Speed. Yeah. Neo. Of course. John Wick. Okay. Easy. Um, but yeah, also, to, I mean, this is a guy who, for 20 years, people just went, oh, well, he can't act. He's a blank of wood. Yeah. Well, how, how come he is four action heroes and a comedy genius? Yeah. Like, that's that's pretty impressive for somebody who can't act. Yeah. Um, and I did see that film Knock Knock. Did you see that? No. It's okay. Knock knock is the one where he's a cop. He's he's he just he's a guy, he's just a guy, and then these two girls t- turn up at his house. Okay, um, no, like they've just totally been in the, like they're they're in the rain, and they're like so sorry, our car broke down. Can we come in? And 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 Keanu Reeves Reeves his wife is away that night, and like these girls start coming on to him, and then they start getting a bit uh, fatal attractiony, and it goes from being like it goes from comedy to kind of weird sex thing to horror basically okay uh, it was produced maybe directed uh, by Eli Roth it's only produced by him so there was there, there was another movie I cannot remember the name of it um, so he's done loads of bad movies as well oh sure 47 Ronin I never saw that actually that was terrible that was oh, really terrible that's a shame the Great Wall seems like a, a similar yeah. style of film, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like a real misunderstanding and reductive attitude towards deep mythology. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he did, a, a, it was like a kung fu movie where he was the villain in it. And I think he 
He's too Directed blank. it. Oh, shoot. Okay. And it was so bad. Oh, it was no. terrible. Oh, it was so bad. Yeah, he shouldn't be uh, He shouldn't be a bad guy. He's too... But like a back to John Wick 2. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. It had some weird moments in it. Like, there's, there's a section um, where he's talking to Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, which, was, which was really cool yeah which was really cool that, that he was there um, and then they're having a conversation and for whatever reason Lawrence Fishbourne starts you know belly laughing and then it cuts to the next scene and they're downstairs and the laugh is still going on so you can imagine he walked all the way downstairs just laughing at John Wick that's hilarious <laughs> um, that's great that's a great play on that trope as well isn't it mm. the, Incep- the Inception kind of did that the idea that conversations in films happen like happen instantly but the edit means there must have been like a good few minutes that have passed <laughs> yeah. so he's been laughing all the way down the building oh, I love that that's stuff like that <laughs> I saw Peter Serafinovich is in it yeah I love mm, him not very not familiar it looked, it looked like a cameo but he features in the trailer quite heavily yeah what, what is Sir After tonight that kind of character the Taylor character Mm. Um, I think it's natural for any world building action movie to have a sequel that concentrates on a story much more I think the Raid well, and Raid I'm, 2 I'm, are like that where the Raid is not yeah. stop action Raid 2 is quite a lot of yeah. mafia stuff yeah I feel like it did that to kind of like I feel like they're going to continue it on and it, it's good I'm, I'm, I could use some more John Wick the yeah. action again was amazing yeah. um, and his outfit is awesome too <laughs> I love the black polo neck and the black suit that just looks so cool uh, okay I, I do like, a, like the black suit he wears in the first one it's awesome yeah. yeah I can't wait to see that yeah there's some good stuff there's a couple of trailers that I, I wouldn't mind talking about briefly because um, let me guess which one you're going to talk about first Alien Covenant yeah yeah. not just the trailer but also the prologue I saw the prologue I haven't seen the trailer I I thought there was some fun to be had in that prologue I thought I thought the bit where the woman starts choking on the food was really yeah, cool. Like yeah. as soon as it happened, I was like, ah, she's at, not, fir- this at is first, just her. when James Franco was like, "I'm not feeling well," well yeah, I was like, uh, well, "I know what you got." <laughs> oh, she. But I, I suspect that's because the prologue shoot probably happened over a few days, and James Franco was only available for one. So like, they go in and went, "Oh man, I've got to go to bed." If he, do you know what? If he turns up at the beginning of Covenant ill, I'll be like, oh, "Okay, fair." Fair, fair dues, man. Yeah, well done. That's good. But if he's not ill, you just go scheduling, scheduling. I, I, I feel like he that, um, that was a bait and switch. I feel like he will be the first one who bleh, <laughs> who dies due to aliens. The weird thing about the trailer is you can barely see. It's, it all moves so quickly and so horribly that you can barely see anyone's faces in it. But James Franco is notably absent from uh, the, the trailer. trailer. However, it is Billy Crudup who, in the trailer, leans over the egg and the egg opens and something jumps out. So he, it looks like he's the first one, the captain is the first one to get the face hugger, which traditionally means... Oh, sorry, man, that, that just reminded me, the first ever chestburster is John Hurt, he's dead. Mm. Sad. Um, he was awesome as an actor and was in some cool stuff, like Alien... When Shakespearean actors, like proper classically trained actors, turn up in sweet sci-fi, yeah. Although Anthony Hopkins might be overdoing it now. 
What is he? Well, he was in Westworld. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. And Thor, obviously. Yeah. As Odin. Awesome. Yeah. He's now in Transformers 5, The Last Night. And don't call it Last Night, because it sounds like you're talking about yesterday. <laughs> it just night? reminds me of that uh, that Tom Cruise movie. About Last Night? No, it was something night. There is a film called About Last Night. Uh, I thought oh, maybe it's John Cusack. Um, Tom Cruise movie? Something night, something... Oh, Night and Day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Same thing, same gag. It's night with a K, guys, mm. get it? Mm. But last night isn't even a pun, it's just stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> and like the three opening shots of the trailer for last night, the Transformers films, like there's one which is set in medieval times and there's a bunch of armies fighting each other in medieval times. Then suddenly it cuts to a Nazi building blowing up, <laughs> which by the way is Blenheim Palace, which was Churchill's birthplace. Do you hear about this controversy? No. Michael Bay insisted on shooting a scene where he wanted to dress an old English building to look like a Nazi headquarters. So he chose Blenheim Palace, the birthplace of, that, of Winston Churchill, mm. which is deeply inappropriate yeah. and really insensitive. Yeah. But when people say, you know, he went, no, oh, it's about verisimilitude. It's like no one, no one at the time said to him, dude, you, your film's full of robots fighting and turning into cars and you're saying you can't CGI a swastika onto a building. <laughs> Seriously? Don't anyway. So I don't know. Like Transformers Five, and each one has been more financially successful than the last. So someone, someone's lapping it up. It's uh, I I I'm gonna stick with my China theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a billion people, more than a billion people there to watch it. Mm. A billion and a half now. Well, to so be honest, not all of them could probably afford every it. Every single one goes to Transformers. It is a government sanctioned. <laughs> Transformers, you must see the Great Wall. No yeah. one wants to see that. Um, a- Alien Covenant. It looks good, but then I thought that, that like uh, like Phantom Menace, the trailer for Prometheus was incredibly promising. Yeah. So good, and such a muddled, stupid, wasteful film. Yeah. And Alien Covenant, if he's he, he, he Ridley Scott made Prometheus trying to answer the big questions and he failed at that if Covenant is a horror movie and nothing else I'll be very happy mm. if he's like big big psychological and mythological and even like philosophical questions being answered by films is something that maybe should happen coincidentally to the story it shouldn't literally be so we're going to go to a planet where we're basically going to meet God that's, that's Star Trek 5 that's, it's not it's not it's um there's better ways of talking about humanity than, yeah. than, than making it really d- just really dumb. Um, but I mean, I, I thought the prologue kind of set a nice scene. Yeah. You know? And it set a very alien scene, yeah. as in the original. Like, and aliens. What was great about those films was by the time the, sh- the, the, the trouble started, the action started, you'd gotten to know the characters and the characters were individual and interesting enough. Prometheus... Literally, like three quarters of the crew died, and I had no idea who they who they were. And the people who you did kind of get to know was one guy who went, "I love rocks. That's why I'm here. I don't care. I don't care about anything else." And then mm. five minutes later, goes, "I'm here for money." And that biologist who's terrified. Of I don't rocks. remember any of the characters. There's a geologist apart from Charlize Theron, because she looked like Metroid. Yeah, like Samus. Sorry. Okay. Um, 
And that's it. <laughs> she um, and her running style was very funny. Yeah. Uh, there was the geologist played by oh gosh, Rafe Spall, who was in. He was a big, big boy when he was younger, but he's in Shaun of the Dead, um, mm. and uh, a few other things. But he's in Prometheus as a as a biologist who runs away from a corpse, but reaches his hand out to a massive penis snake with a vagina face. Like, what kind of biologist are you exactly? Mm. That's going to literally run, sprint away from a dead body. Mm. But, 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 but flirt with a, what is clearly going to break your arm off because it's a monster. Anyway, uh, Covenant, yeah, uh, with different writers and, and with Ridley Scott thinking a little bit more about it. That'd yeah. be fine. Um, and it looks great. Lots of running up and down corridors and spaceships all scared. I love that. Yeah. Um, and like you say, yeah, the prologue did set a good scene. Nice. There's a bit of camera. I didn't know. I didn't even know James Franco was in it, to be honest, until I saw that prologue. Me neither. It doesn't bode well for him, does it? Mm, As in, is he going to be in it at all? Is he just ah, gonna... okay. Because sometimes with those sci-fi's, you get the guy that's died in his sleep, like Bishop in Alien Three. No, uh, 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 um, Hicks in Alien Three, who turns up dead. Poor Michael Bean. Mm. Um, but, uh, oh yeah, no, I can't. I, I, I'm, I'm so, I was such a big fan of the Alien, even Alien Resurrection. I had a soft spot for. Yeah. Um, and, and when uh, Alien Earth War was announced, I was like, yeah, it's gonna be amazing. I read the comics when I was a kid. Uh, Batman versus Alien, by the way, from the eighties, remains a classic of comic books. Um, doesn't make any sense at all, <laughs> but it's good. Um, uh, yeah, uh, it's one of those. This is one of those films that really gets me worried, though, because Prometheus was so bad. Yeah, so bad, so stupid. It was really, really bad. But whereas Ghost in the Shell looks like it could be amazing. Uh, I'm gonna like, like one of the things that I from the trailers I think is really amazing is the way they've recreated New Tokyo. Um, That's Akira you're thinking of. No, I don't. Ghost in, I thought Ghost in the Shell was um, Ghost in the Shell is just a pan Asian megalopolis. It's like one city covers all of China and Japan, and, and it's not. Oh, yeah, you're it's right. not explicitly set in Japan. I think it's actually set in like it's supposed to be more like Hong Kong. Oh really? Okay, my bad. It's been I haven't watched Ghost in the Shell since. Wow. It's been a while, no? Yeah, very very long time. And what we think of as, loose, as Ghost loose, in the like Shell is like fifteen one, years. They've maybe. still they've been making TV shows yeah. and loads of films about it but I think what's, what seems to be good about this this live action movie is that the director's borrowing from all the different ghosts in the yeah. shell well I mean uh, at least the, the, the city and everything looks absolutely incredible mm. the geisha the geisha robot looks yeah. amazing yeah that's really scary actually um Scarlett looks awesome she's always she's so brave she's always doing weird sci-fi films yeah um and she's always doing them really well. Under the Skin was really, really good. Um, yeah, yeah. I think she's right for, to, for, to play. She's quite often cast as robots or computers or things yeah, without I'm, I'm not. I'm not her biggest fan. You're not? No. Okay. I feel like... I don't actually, to be, to be fair, I don't know if this role requires it, but there's something about the expressions she has always makes me think I'm just pouting... <laughs> oh okay and I, I, I don't know 
oh, I think she's kick-ass in uh, the Captain America stuff. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not necessarily a fan of hers. Yeah. I just think she looks... I think it must be hard to find a female actor yeah. to have done the stuff in Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. And to do it well and with the conviction that she seems to be doing it with. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah. But I don't think there's going to be much opportunity for pouting. From what I've seen. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm, I'm going to try and you know. Stay unhyped for this one, because I really don't want to be disappointed by. Yeah, it. sure. No, but that's that is fair. That is fair, especially if you're a fan of Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Um. But and, yeah, and you know, good. one one thing I get from the trailers is that they're gonna, they're gonna, they haven't changed too much. They're gonna kind of give it a new flavor. But it's gonna be Ghost in the Shell, yeah. And it's not gonna. They're not gonna like jam tropes into there because it's a movie. So they need to add that kind of stuff. It's pretty reassuring. Good. Yeah, yeah. Skull Island is that piqued your interest? Well, I think I've stated on this podcast before that I love monster movies, even right. if they're bad. <laughs> um, although I've never liked it, I, I've never liked a King Kong movie. <laughs> oh, okay. But this one, I'll give it a shot. Sure. I'll give it a shot. It's got a good cast. Yeah. John Goodman and... Uh, John Goodman's amazing. Got yeah. Him. And um, Samuel L. Jackson uh, in the same movie. No, I'm just <laughs> mean in terms of like people... John Goodman and Samuel L. Jackson are similar actors to me in so far as they pop up in so many movies and they're very often a sign that the movie's going to be pretty good. Hmm? Goodman, I suppose, more than Jackson. Yeah, Goodman. I don't know about Jackson. I suppose I'm, that's confirmation bias. I've only seen Samuel L. Jackson's good movies, and and like Star, Star Wars, Wars films. <laughs> <laughs> They're good, what? <laughs> they cost a lot of money to make. They must have been good. Yeah, but no, no. I'm definitely going to give um, Kong a shot. Hopefully, um, it's not like any of the other Kong movies. Did you like the bit in the most recent King Kong where which one was he that? had a fight the the Peter Jackson one where he had a fight with three T-Rex did you like that scene where the monsters fighting fought each other not sure if I watched it because wow. I don't remember that scene no if you don't remember it then yeah either you didn't watch it or you didn't like it either way no I, de- I definitely watched it the one before that was the one with Jack Black no we're talking about the same one okay this is the, this, that's the one 2000, okay. 2005 6 something like that it was his first film after Lord of the Rings and um, there was like an hour and a half before anything happened. Yeah, yeah, I did definitely watch that. Which is pretty unforgivable. Yeah. But, you know, once stuff happened, they had a big, that, that horrible scene where the plants that just swallowed people whole. Don't remember that. They look like massive dicks, basically. I remember the really scene nasty. where he's got Jane uh, in the rain mm. and he just puts her down. Oh, yeah. And then... Okay. Yeah, I, d- so I definitely did watch it, but none of it sticks in my mind. Okay. Well, there was a kind of gaiji sequence where he smacks up some T-Rexes. Okay. And in this, in Skull Island, it looks like there's, kaiju, it looks like there's um, some flying Mothra-style yeah. monsters in it. And they are going to, they're trying to tie up with Godzilla, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And doing a King Kong versus Godzilla. Does that interest you? Yeah. Does that? Okay. It does. It does. I, 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 like I said, um, I didn't hate Godzilla. No, right. The only thing I hated about it was... Um, them killing off what's his name Heisenberg 
Heisenberg. <laughs> Walter White. I was going to say Walter White or Heisenberg. Right. I, I always forget his real name. Oh, what is his name? He's, he's such a cool actor. Yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome, yeah. And, and the trailer's really misled. Yeah. He was only in it for the first 40 minutes or so. Yeah. And yeah he's yeah. really good. Yeah. I don't want to watch Kick-Ass running around. Yeah. I want to watch Heisenberg. <laughs> With Kick-Ass, fine. But Heisenberg on his own, preferably. Kick-Ass and Scarlet Witch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, was she? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, uh, and Life is the last trailer that I've, I've had in my mind. And I can't work it out. And I, th- I, mentioned, I mentioned it on a Life is podcast. the one with... Um, the Life? cast list says... The cast list is headed by Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. And then there's a few names, some of which are quite recognisable. And at the bottom of the cast list it says... With... Um, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Which implies that he's, I mean, they might seriously be giving away that he's the Drew Barrymore of the, the film, that like he's going to wear it in the first 10 minutes or mm. half an hour even, maybe. Mm. Maybe he's a Steven Seagal and executive decision. Maybe he's even a Samuel L. Jackson in Deep Blue Sea, so he's going to live for a whole hour. But I, they're, they're certainly implying, Ryan Reynolds is a star. Yeah. And if he's at the bottom of the cast list, they're basically giving away quite a major plot point, aren't they? Yeah. Especially given that in the trailer, he's in it more than Jake Gyllenhaal. The trailer is all about Ryan Reynolds. That's true, actually. I didn't actually put that together, but that's a very good point. What does excite me about it, though, is that they do seem to be taking the alien storyline, but treating it with uh, an arrival-style intellectual sensibility. Okay. Because it could very easily be a silly action horror film, Mm about an alien that's on a space station and they have to stop it going to Earth. Mm. But it seems it seems to be like they're, they're handling it quite well. It looks quite good. It's a shame that they pose that question in the trailer because mm. your immediate response to that is, oh, this is going to be a film where they kill themselves. So I think actually the trailer gives away two key plot points. Yeah. One is that Ryan Reynolds dies and the other is that everyone dies. <laughs> I, I will not be surprised if the end of that is Jake Gyllenhaal having to press the button that he knows is going to kill himself but also the space station and chuck that alien into the abyss. Um, that said, I still want to see it. Looks good. Cool. Sci-fi horror. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Oh yeah, you can go wrong all the time. Are you going to watch Logan? I don't know. I'm so I'm I'm in I'm in two minds about it. Don't keep telling me that this is the good Wolverine. Mm. He's had like eleven goes at Wolverine. It's about time he got it right. Hugh Jackman has done actually how many X Men's? Honestly, including I, his cameo, he's done like seven Wolverine. But is it Hugh Jackman that is the problem? I never felt like it was him who is the problem. Okay. I felt like it was. The, the screenplay or the directing he stole the show in X-Men 1 yeah um, he was amazing in X-Men 1 and for, for all the fan the fans trepidation about having a tall person playing him and without the big crazy hairstyle yeah. and not in the yellow spandex all that stuff he, he he was the first of an era of actors to dispel fan worry because by being so good, and being be so being so dedicated to the the core of without him, people wouldn't necessarily have accepted. I don't know. Tom Cruise as Jack Reacher, mm. things like that. You know, he he he's gone. Fans, it's okay. I'll still get it right. 
and then he did an X-Men one and the next two was uh, th- because he was so good in X-Men 1 X2 was about him it was all about him mm. and X3 was a misstep first class is amazing but he's not in it um, much I think he has two words in it yeah, doesn't yeah. he um, Days of Boring Past is uh, fine um, <laughs> Apocalypse is execrable and but his standalone films the first one was appalling yeah yeah I agree and Sec- so yeah that probably wasn't his fault Second one was terrible too. Yeah, but I think, I think he had, I think he did have an a. He had a certain amount of control over that one. We're talking about the Japan one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the but that that wasn't as bad as the first one. No, 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 no. Yeah. But my point is that he must have had control over the Wolverine. And 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 in so far as the director for Logan is the same director James Mangold as as uh, as the Wolverine. Hmm. So clearly he thought that he did something right. Or the, the chemistry was there on the Wolverine. But I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was very good at all. And, yeah. and coming out of that going, well, that is the best Wolverine film we're likely to get. And Old Man Logan is an amazing comic run. Uh, and it does look very good. Um, they play a sad song in the trailer, so you know it's yeah, serious. Yeah. Yeah. And it's supposed to be emotional. But I don't know how much... How sad am I going to be asked... To feel the Wolverine. Like, how sad am I supposed to be watching a Wolverine film? Because I'd much rather he was just a sweary, violent little ball yeah. of nightmare yeah. than a, oh, I'm so old and oh, life. Because that's not what I go to superhero films for. Yeah. I, Daniel Blake, those kind of films are fine. We're saying, oh, life's a bit shit sometimes, isn't it? Yes. Well, I mean, this was all born after Deadpool, wasn't it? kind of after the response to Deadpool. Um, uh, Hugh Jack- I read an interview with Hugh Jackman recently where he said no. Categorically, he had pitched an R-rated Wolverine movie to the studio like five years ago. And they'd said yes, and so they were in development for Logan before Deadpool came out. Oh, That's what he says. Okay. I would, Without having read that interview, I would entirely agree with you. Deadpool paved the way for R-rated things. But then there was that Cracked video, I think I made you watch it, where he kind of went, R-rated superhero movies are not what everyone is after. Yeah. We're after good movies. Yeah. The fact that that, that, that um, Deadpool had swearing in it and crazy violence, but it was also a low-budget film. It also threw everything at the wall. It tried so many different kinds of comedy and jokes that didn't all land. The characterization was kind of weird. Um, the pace of it was odd. The the refer- the self-referential stuff, all of that made it a very different type of film. Mm. So the idea that Hollywood went, oh, we can swear in superhero films now. Yeah. Right, from now on, all superhero films will be full of swearing yeah. and dick jokes and things like that. Uh, from what I've seen in the trailer of Logan, that doesn't look appropriate. And the thing that really worried, yeah. the thing that really worried me about Logan, I'm pretty sure I've said this in a previous edition, is the difference between the Green Band and Red Band trailers for Logan. Mm. Because if Logan genuinely was an adult experience stemming from a need to tell an adult story in an adult way, mm. then why have a why have a green band trailer at all? But if you wa- I watched the red band trailer after I watched the green band trailer, and I watched the entire red band trailer, going, this is shot for shot and edit for edit, the exact same as the green band trailer, yeah. except there was one shot right at the end of the trailer where he he knifes someone through the head. Yeah. That's like, like okay. That's that's the difference, and that to me felt so childish. 
Like, look at this crazy thing. Look, he puts the blade in the blade's chin and it comes out the top of his head. That's what makes there it was also there, there was also in another trailer where um, Patrick Stewart says F. Oh, yeah. Uh, the F word. And yes, I was I... like, that felt so forced. And like, just because I'm aware of the fact that, you know, hot, like, I'm aware of the concept that Hollywood wants R8 movies because Deadpool sold. It just broke everything in my brain. And I was like, this does not feel right to There's me. There's so many reasons. For, for a start, putting it in the trailer is a very willful sign of saying, yeah. hey, we're putting t- swearing in the trailer. Yeah. Plus it's Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Don't make Patrick Stewart swear. No, sorry. Patrick Stewart can swear as much as he wants. He's in green room. He swears plenty. And yeah. He's brilliant in that. Not Xavier. Yeah. Don't have Professor X coming out with dropping like C-bombs. If it was comic book Xavier, maybe... But even then, it's not, is it? The, it's Patrick Stewart's Xavier, yeah. who we have seen in six previous films, played by two different actors, not swearing. Yeah. Not swearing once. Even when the stakes were really high. Yeah. And now suddenly, because he's old, he's like, oh, F this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, really? That seems so willful. And that is the opposite of adult. Mm. Trying to be adult can only make you look childish. And so that is a, that is a worry for Logan. But that said... Empire magazine have fallen over themselves saying how great it is. Um, it does look badass. Uh, and um, he does look really like good in it. Yeah. Like as in Wolverine. He's got a big old beard. Yeah. I'd I like to know how really he's... Cool. How do Wolverine and Superman and that lot shave? Surely their mm-hmm. hair is indestructible. They must get through a lot of blades. Well, his hair isn't indestructible. Oh yeah, it'll just heal itself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So maybe it's really easy for him to grow a beard. So he never gets split ends. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Never saved. He saved a fortune on conditioner. Superman, I think he must use his nails or something. Oh yeah, right. Where he just has a mirror and balances his X-ray heat vision (laughs) onto his chin. What about Batman? He uses a razor because he doesn't have any bloody superpowers. (laughs) Yeah, no, he will have spent billions uh, developing a, a, a supercomputer that takes a 3D scan of his face hmm. um, and applies that with, with laser. And he's trained, he's trained bats to eat it off. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's nasty. Um, there was a poster or a casting shot for Predator as well. Did you see that? Mm. That was interesting. Yep. Yeah, it's got a good cast. Yeah. Someone's just... What, what is Jacob Tremblay doing in it? A five-year-old kid? Yeah. What is Shane Black up to? I don't know. Quite cool. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. The Han Solo casting photo. Yeah. All of them in the Millennium Falcon cockpit. That was Looks pretty cool. sweet. Um, I am a bit wary of Daenerys. She's great in Game of Thrones, but I've She's not, not seen She hasn't her. been good in much else, to be honest. That no. I've seen, at least. No, no, no. Terminator. But to be fair, all I've seen is Terminator. That was horrible. That was really bad. But to be fair, she was bad in it. Uh, but she was I mean she was no one one could have got out out of that film unscathed but I don't think she did herself any favours no Um, I don't know what it is and I don't know why she was cast in that either like she's regal yeah and and, and statuesque but uh, maybe she didn't like she was trying not to be typecast and she was like Trying really hard. 
Well, if you want to do that properly, don't go in for a massive action franchise. Do what um, Daniel Radcliffe's doing and play yeah. like a corpse in one film and the devil in another film. Like, go, go, go crazy with it. Yeah. You don't want yeah. to get car- typecast. Do what Elijah Wood did. Like his first film after Lord of the Rings was that uh, Maniac, first person horror film. Mm. Dark as a very dark thing. Like, really nasty. Um, don't do Terminator. <laughs> and don't do a Terminator film that's gives that's given away the entire storyline in, in the trailer. trailer. Yeah. Oh, John Connor's a robot now. F you. <laughs> oh, good at not swearing. This yep. uh, this edition, both of us been doing really well. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to swear several times. Yeah, I don't, we still haven't decided whether this is a child friendly podcast. It's definitely not a child friendly podcast. If I was a child listening to that, well, I wouldn't be. Yeah, I would have switched off this. I would have gone like, this was pretty, pretty, pretty boring. As a, if I'd been listening to this as a fifteen-year-old, I would have gone, "Hey, this Resident Evil game sounds interesting. I'll use it to almost fail my GCSEs because that's what I did." But um, I mean, a fifteen-year-old has already been exposed to swearing. And... Oh, well, sure. I'm, I'm assuming. But it's about role model shit, isn't it? Or not even just entertainer shit. Dude, like, I'm a terrible role model. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think the idea of us claiming to be role models by talking about video games on a podcast may, might be a little rich, but um, well, I mean, to be fair, the original name for this podcast was going to be uh, "Grown Up Child Geniuses," wasn't it? Which is so I, I, it's still a, still a second favorite of mine. Boss mode rules, but "Grown Up Child Geniuses" is funny. I think it would be funnier the more you got to know us, because obviously we don't mean it, or do we? Oh. I mean it. Oh shit. <laughs> oh, I'm swearing. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so that's all our goodwill erased. <laughs> Just gone. Maybe that's the note to, to, to knock it on the head and, yeah. and leave boss mode. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a good chat. Thanks for sticking with us, listeners. Rate us highly on iTunes and all, yeah. that, all the places where you can rate us and subscribe. Do so. And tell your friends. And look out for our next podcast, which is uh, Horizon Podcast Wild. Horizon and Podcast Wild. Horizon Podcast Wild. We are going to go deep on those video games and it's going to be sweet. So We're going to go wild. Oh, flip. <laughs> Let's leave boss mode. See ya. Peace. Peace.